I'm about to feed them to the sharks right now. Get them hype right now. Yeah. You know the ground is up. Yeah. Everybody that trains, you know the game. Yeah. So let's get it. Uh. Slap it up, bump it and roll. Hey. Yeah, that's the way that it go. Ain't no better way to better yourself in this game. You're feeling the growth. That's time on the mat. We put in the work. Believe it ain't easy, I know. know. But we train for the love of the game, the love of the art. Now slap it up, bump it, let's roll. Let's roll. Welcome to episode 47 of the BJJ Campaign Podcast. My name is Jeff Boone. I'm an A3, blue belt, two stripes. Phil Coors, A2, blue belt, one stripe. So, Philly, what's going on this week? We're leaving. Where are we going? Camp. What camp? Jiu-Jitsu camp. Best yeah. camp ever. Best time of the year, baby. So, uh, in going, we're not going to go over what we're going to pack, are we? Swim trunks, gi, yeah. one gi, single gi, bottom there. It's true. Um, I'm going to bring jujitsu stuff and then clothes to wear when I'm not doing jujitsu. Ice bath stuff? Not necessary for me. What are, are you, you going to do an ice bath? No. I feel like nope. for the listeners nah. that you should try it. I Just will commentate. Experiment. I'm going to commentate yours. I've been told I'm a good commentator. You're not. Um, and told him a good commentator. So I'll commentate and then we'll let them decide. You'll do the ice bath live um, on Facebook for everybody Instagram. to see. Yeah. Instagram. We can do it on both. You can do more than one. You're the social media marketing director. So for the podcast. So I'll yeah. leave that up to you. Yeah. You'll, when you do your ice baths, you'll do one live on Instagram, one live on Facebook, and you'll feel 25 when you get out. Exactly. So, and you've got a phone now that you can actually record. There's an upgraded phone, so don't have to rely on your video work, which is awful because you get excited and stop looking. (laughs) True. (laughs) Plus, we have a stand. We'll just set the stand up, let it go. Yeah, Yeah. you got that nice little Amazon stand. Yeah. Very good. So, um, you know, to make the most of our camp, like last year, whenever we went, I didn't. I had no idea what to expect, right? I I don't even think that I wrote down goals no, or anything for camp. I was just there kind of being exposed to everything, which was a great experience, right? I mean, I loved it. I, I feel like I took a few things home and, and learned. We took notes. We did, you know, we did what we were supposed to do, too, but I feel like this year we can really step that up a notch and, and set goals. Have you set goals for this camp? No, going in with an open mind because every time... <laughs> Every time I see something, I never know what it's going to be exciting. I keep thinking about what he said, what John said about, like, you don't know what's going to grab you. Something's going to grab me, and I'm going to be super into it, and I'm just going to do that a million times when I'm there, and then for two weeks when I get back till something else gets my attention. And, uh, you know, that's pretty much what's going to happen. I can, you know, I have little training goals that I always have, or I train the same way most of the time where I try to do it as close to perfect as possible, get as many reps in as possible, but... What I never, you never know what's going to grab your attention. So let's hit that because that is, that is one of my goals. And that is to, whenever we're doing that, you and I will partner up the whole time. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, twice as many brains, twice as dumb or twice as smart for remembering either one. So we'll True. partner up. So what my, one of my goals is, is to get more reps than anyone there. Yeah, and there's open mats afterwards too. 
to kind of go back. And we did that a little bit. We did that a few times to just kind of run through stuff and like warm up. We would just drill like what we did the day before and I would forget stuff. I, I feel like it should go a lot smoother this time because there's a lot more stuff that we've seen with another year under both of our belts and you see different stuff because you travel and I've seen a lot more just going to classes again for another year, you know, where not so many things I'll be seeing for the first time. Yeah, true. Yeah, I've been exposed to more because my friend Trey Pace, I was up at Fayetteville. Yeah. Working with him. How'd that go? It was so awesome. Um, You know, I mean, as far as the roles, is that what you're talking about? Anything, the experience. Well, he's he's a really good black belt. Yeah. And I couldn't do anything against him. Meaning... He, I think I used this analogy before with you, but my guard was, it was like a, a soft, um, soft stick of butter and his passing was like a thousand degree knife. Therefore there really was no guard. I mean, I believe it. I've seen you. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, And it was really just, uh, survival not even much of that to be honest yeah i think everybody here can relate to that with certain people it was a blast though mm-hmm. it was great i picked, took back some new stuff for sunday rolls as far as for uh positional training training in bad positions um for drilling we did that this last sunday he he on our he was on our black belt episode i think he was the first person um on that one he had some of my favorite points where he just kind of kept bringing it back to having fun. Yeah. I think that's so important. hundred percent. Yeah. And you know what, you know what else I really liked? Uh, and by the way, he, he, uh, trained for a long time. I don't know how long under Ryan Hall, Ryan Hall, pretty good at jujitsu. Yeah. And, um, and one of the things that he said that I found interesting as well was that Ryan always told him that, your jitsu, your jujitsu is not as bad as you think it is, right? And it's not as good as you think it is. True, and, and that that kind of sticks with me because it it just it, it, lately I I felt like um you know I've been learning a lot, but it still goes back to that even when you're learning a lot, you realize how much more there is to learn. Yeah, I feel like you were gonna keep going there. No, I, I, I get it. And I've, we always beat ourselves up or joke about it because there's just so many people who are better than us and always are showing new things. But then there's, I mean, there's people that walk through the door or had, will never walk through the door and you know, an infinite amount more than they'll ever know because they don't, you know, they're never going to try. Um, so you kind of forget how much you do know against a total new person, but you know, then you can... What keeps it so fun is that there are so many different levels and layers and people who are just so much, the skill gap is just so much higher, you know, yeah. and they, they, they can just see into the future of what you're going to do and it's, nothing exactly. works. <laughs> and you know what? You get glimpses of it every now and then too, right? I mean, you, you're like, oh yeah, from especially positions that you regularly play. Yeah. Like you, you see, oh, you're like, oh, okay, I'm doing this so that they'll do that. But 
it's not everything. Well, with that progression, it will become everything. And, and like you said, you know, we do, we do give ourselves a hard time, but you know what? It's, it's fun too, for one thing. Um, uh, it's fun to make fun of you. And, (laughs) and the second thing is I know two and a half years worth of jujitsu. Yeah. That's what I know. I don't know 15, 20 years worth of, I will. And, Twelve and a half years. I'll know fifteen years worth of jujitsu, and that'll be a lot of fun. Yeah. So, but then I want to know thirty years worth of jujitsu. Yeah, those other people probably aren't going to stop. Right. So, probably not going to catch them. Yes, and by the way, um, before the podcast, whenever I was getting my oil changed, um, not I, on the mat, not on the mat. I I talked to a guy about jujitsu. Yeah. You believe that? That's weird. He said he was going to come in. His name is Stuart. Okay. Stuart, if you're out there listening, come on in. Fight the wind, baby. See you in 3,000 miles. <laughs> um, so, so we, sorry, we got distracted because, you know, I was, got excited there. That'll happen. Um, but, but also, you know, like you said, the goals are overlapping for the camp, and we don't know what we're going to be exposed to. I have a pretty good idea that since Alexi's there, I'm going to be able to learn a lot more about De La Hiva and Open Guard, right? So that's what that's one of the focuses. That's because it's really interesting to me. I like playing Open Guard, and and that's that's one of the places that I'm really going to focus on on conceptually, not not necessarily even the moves, but conceptually making sure that that whether it's De La Hiva or whether it's butterfly, any open guard, all open guards, if you will, to really try to conceptualize it and, and solidify it in my mind of how to play it. Yeah. I think that's a great goal. Um, I didn't, I guess I don't really have any particular position in mind, but just the same idea with the sweeps and stuff. And it's always, I noticed last year I had heard people talk about, you know, you go to a seminar here or there and you'll hear somebody different teach something, the same thing you've heard 20 times. They just say it a different way and then it all of a sudden it sticks. And I think that's what's so cool about the camp is the opportunity to hear stuff. Again, Like I've been working on a scissor sweep. I'm sure I'm going to learn a couple things about that that everybody's told me and I just can't hear until you hear it a different way. Um, so that opportunity... Um, to just and to just get so many different high level people's opinions and the way they teach it because everybody you know they probably teach it a billion times and kind of fine tune how they say it what normal things everybody messes up and how they can fix one next step on the biggest thing wrong with whatever you're doing you know so it's just super exciting because I think I think I got a lot better in the week that I spent 80 hours doing jujitsu last year. I feel like I spend 80 hours doing it again for a week this year. I'm probably going to get a little bit better. So it's really exciting. You know, I know we're going to have a lot to talk about when we're done. Um, it's hard to say going in. Cause like I never even heard of a loop choke, you know, going into it last sure, year, yeah. you know, and that was the, the one thing I took away that I liked the most. Um, going back to, uh, what you said about, different instructors saying different things to kind of solidify it in your mind. I know that last year, whenever I went, I was struggling with, you know, all the lapel chokes, Bravo chokes, all that stuff. And then, and then Dean Lister 
said something that really resonated with me. And that was, that was that, that whenever you're doing a lapel choke, the, he said the snap of the punch, you know, everybody knows that saying, or most people know that saying the snap of the punch. And it kind of stuck with me. The snap of the punch is straightening that hand. That's where you get the power of the, that's where the choke really becomes effective. And, and, and that's where you're going to get the finish instead of keeping your hand limp and, and bent. So straightening the hand was a snap of the punch. And that really, mm-hmm. that really helped tremendously with my game. Just that one little that one little thing, and and listen, our professor John Plyler, he said it. He says it every single time. Right. Yeah. It's just I did. I, I didn't. I wasn't able to hear it. Right. Yeah. No, and that's what's that's what's interesting, and at the same time, a little frustrating because it's like you know how have I never? How has that not been a thing I knew before? But you know, that's what makes it fun. Right. No, exactly. Anything else, uh, anything else that you're looking for? I'm looking forward to the cooler weather up North in Maine. Yeah. I have no allergies when I go up there. It's exciting. That is exciting. Isn't it? Yeah. You feel good after you get the ice bath, you're going to feel great. Yeah. I'm sure people will. Other people will. Aaron Sundstrom, shout out to Aaron. He's going to bring the pools this year so they can be multiple people in the ice baths. Sounds good. You guys are going to have a blast. Come on, let's do it. You and I, selfie style. Boom. Uh, maybe not. <laughs> I feel like my salesman skills are not the sharpest right now with you on the ice bath. Yeah, it's, it's a tough sell. <laughs> Very tough. <laughs> What's the ROI? That's for those of you uh, that aren't in sales. It's return on investment. Maybe if you break something on me and you're like, an ice bath will fix it, maybe Done. that'll be how I have to get in there. Done. That's so. what I'm doing. I'm just going to smash your ribs. They're already tender. <laughs> and I'm just going to get in side control, totally smash them, and then you'll have to do an ice bath. There you go. That'll be one way to get them in. <laughs> and also, don't I'm make a pissed me do off that, training Phil. partner. Don't, <laughs> don't make me do it. We got Landon there as a backup. Right? That's true. Yeah. <laughs> Another uh, is awesome. So Landon Ferguson, one of our other training partners, he also helps with the kids class a lot. Um, he, uh, he was a last minute addition. I was really excited that he was, he was up for going and I was really excited that, that, um, Nicole shout out to Nicole at origin for, um, for getting him in yeah. last minute. I was talking to him yesterday, another person to come back and just remember stuff. Cause you're going to see, you're going to learn it, but like you just forget so much stuff. It's hard to, it's impossible to remember. I'm going to, again, forget more jujitsu in a week than I have learned so far. But, you know, another person who just remind you of things and bounce things off of and bring up points like, oh, yeah, we saw. Oh, yeah. You know, so I'm super excited about that. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. Um, so, yeah. And while we're there, we're going to try to get as much content for you guys as we can. We're going to, you know, uh, going to ask everyone there to be on the podcast. Uh, probably do a similar ep- episode to our Black Belt episode yeah. with some um, some some similar questions, some open-ended questions to try to get the best advice that we can for, for you, our listeners out there uh, doing jujitsu. Can't wait. Do you have any other goals you just want to do? Well, you know, this is kind of a general one because last night in training we did neon belly and I was really bad at neon belly. And, yeah. and so I, 
so I want to get better at neon belly, but it's not even that, that position. It's that, that whenever I'm going with somebody that's, that's better than me, it seems to, and this is a, certainly a generalized and blanket statement, but it seems to me that their movement and their footwork is what makes them better. It's they're really smooth with their movement and transitions and, and footwork, whether it be, uh, you know, John does it all the time too. Whenever he's neon belly, he'll go to go to Mount really easily, you know, and you're just like, it's a whirlwind. You don't know what's going on. He'll, he'll go to Mount, then he'll dismount. He'll go to the other side, neon belly side control, come up, you know, just working on that. Um, and that, that's really what, what I want to, uh, focus on whenever we have the opportunity to, to do that. And also ask questions about, um, you know, I've seen these, I've looked up the solo drills and everything, um, for that. I'm not much of a solo drilling kind of guy. I mean, I, I like to have a training partner. So, so that's, I mean, that's another one of my goals there is just to try to get better at, at footwork and transitions and meaningful footwork. Yeah. Well, I think that comes back to the same same thing I was saying before, they have so much more time that their their footwork's good, but they also know what you're trying to do, so they know where they want to go based off what you're doing. So they just beat you on timing and transitions. Yeah. No, I know they're reading my mind. It's yeah. fine. They can no see the future. Deal. They know what you're gonna do. <laughs> right. Right. From Basically they're position. they're just sitting there like, Go ahead, yeah, I'm not gonna work, you know. So that's what's happening. <laughs> exactly. And uh, so let's transition on. We, we had some um, some questions from the listeners that we didn't get to in last episode, by the way. Thank you, Julie, Michael, Delvin, all the folks who contributed to that. Those were really insightful questions, very thoughtful questions and, and stuff that um, I still think about uh, whenever we're doing it. But another one of the questions was, do you seek out people your size to roll and train with? I try to. There's just where we train not that many. Um, it's fun for me. It's not the only people I like to train with, but um, I do. Yeah, if there's if that's an option, I definitely enjoy that. Yeah, I think. I, I mean, I think everybody does, right? I mean, that's that's what you want is someone where. What do you, and what, just tell me this? What do you think is like? What do you think is an insurmountable amount of weight where? you're going into survival mode, even if they're not of the same skill level as you, what do you think that that, that weight is that, that is kind of insurmountable for have, you? Yeah, I have no idea. It, um, depending on personality too, and like what they're trying to do, Mm-hmm. When when they're much bigger and they don't know much jujitsu, but they try to do jujitsu, it's the weight can be much more. You know, it's a sliding scale. That's yeah, what I, that's kind of what I'm getting to. Because there can be people who are only like thirty or forty pounds bigger than me, but if they're like a lot taller and stuff, if their goal is to just like stay locked, whether it's in my guard or like in a side control thing, it's really hard a lot of times for me to get out they're not necessarily doing anything sure. but holding me you know but um that's kind of a tough question but yeah it kind of depends on what their what their goal is because you get those really aggressive people that are just like determined just 
not to let you do anything. And they're in a survival mode, even though they are bigger, basically, mm-hmm. you know, that's really hard. And that doesn't always take that much of a size difference. That could be like a 30 or 40 pounds, but, mm-hmm. um, most people are 30 or 50 pounds more than me. I only weigh like 155 pounds, mm-hmm. you know? So it's most people are bigger. Um, on the flip side, it makes people my size feel usually pretty easy to roll with, or like, I feel like I can get away with a lot more stuff. Um, but yeah, the, on the same time, when people are actually trying to do jujitsu, I've rolled people who are way bigger, you know, and I've, because they don't, you know, have much experience at all. I've been able to have a lot of success jujitsu wise against them, you know, but if their goal was to just like, like turtle up and stuff when, once they're, they are a certain size bigger, it's not a whole lot I'm going to be able to do. No. And it was interesting because Michael asked the question and he said specifically for 80 pounds more than you. Yeah, and I really do think it's a sliding scale. I mean, yeah. I honestly do because guess what? If somebody's 80 pounds heavier than you and they've been doing jujitsu for two months, well, you're going to wear them out and then have your way with them. I mean, I, I feel like, yeah, you know, but if they're, if they're 25 pounds heavier than you, and let's just say even at your same skill level, that's going to become hard to deal with. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, because if they're 25 pounds heavier, they're likely stronger, right? Yeah. 25 to me is really not a... And and I'm kind of thinking for me, and again, I think that's a sliding scale too. You know, I'm I'm 210 pounds, you know, 235 and they're the the same or better than me. Boy, that's a hard, that's a hard role, right? It's a hard, hard to get anything in your game going. Yeah. 50 pounds and someone who's been training half the amount of time than me, not, it's not that big a deal. Mm -hmm. You you know, so it's, it's kind of a sliding scale. It's a hard question to answer. Yeah. Uh, It's everybody feels strong to me, you know, like most people are going to be able to, they'd feel strong, you know? Mm -hmm. So like when people show, like, I remember being in line for like drills or something, people would be like, Oh, that guy's strong. And it's like, yep. So is everybody else. (laughs) Sure are. So, (laughs) you know, that I could see that being, so I could see where 25 pounds would matter more to you. when there's a lot of times you're the stronger person and all of a sudden, even if you're equal, you know, that's a big like, oh, well now what kind of a situation with certain things when you're about the same experience level. But yeah, no, when, when people are 60 or 80 pounds and it's close in skill level, it's so a lot of things become so hard because you both know what you're trying to do and you have to be much, I don't want to say faster, but the timing has to be much better or the technique has to be much better. Cause like once there's, there's a lot of things being the person who's smaller 90% of the time when I'm the stronger person and I'm just like letting somebody, um, work who's smaller than me say and they go to do something and i can just you know like if it's like an americana or something and i can just be bigger and hold my elbow down it's feels pretty easy Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. i I think too it makes you concentrate on timing more on everything if you're especially escapes or anything of that nature i think it really 
makes you concentrate on the, the timing of your movements, which is also a good thing. I think it's a really good thing to, I mean, you, you always do it, but I, I enjoy the opportunity on to, to roll with people that are, that are bigger than me. I think it's a, a good opportunity to see, um, how your technique and your timing is improving or, or if it's not improving. Yeah. When I've told you before, like I have different goals for people for myself when I roll with them, like, cause even a brand new person, if they walk in and they're 225 pounds, like there's only so much I'm going to really like realistically be able to do. Um, so I did a lot of more survival things for myself, like being able to keep them in the closed guard and not just let them kind of muscle their way out and break my guard open and just kind of knee over sort of situation where I would try to control posture and everything else. Now it's, I'm working on sweeping the people who are that much bigger, but it's like, a, you know, it's, I have to be ambitious, but also realistic with myself. Like sure. if I, my goal forever can't be to just hold people in the closed guard, but I need a safe place where I feel like I can control them then to move to the better position. So that's, that's been how it's going. So when people are about my size, my goals are different than when somebody's 60 pounds heavier, but I want to improve on that situation and be able to control them. Now, if you get someone like Manuel, my goal is not to die. Right. Right. Prevent injury. <laughs> Don't like somebody who knows open guard, play open guard, somebody who, somebody who knows jujitsu and is a hundred pounds bigger than me and is, 7,000 Like, yeah, that goal changes dramatically. It's don't die because he knows how to kill me and he's good at it. It's scary. So <laughs> he lifted me up one day when I was in closed guard yeah, without that. even realizing he lifted me up. Yeah. He's... It was scary. Yeah. The goal is don't die. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, and and conversely, um, he kind of talks about rolling with someone smaller and weaker than mm -hmm. you. You know, you kind of referred to it earlier, and and you know, we we have a lot a lot of people who, or I have a lot of people who are smaller. I enjoy rolling with the person who's smaller. It gives me an opportunity to work different positions, and it seems like it seems like the people who are smaller, we're always getting in more positions. Um than people of similar size to me. You know, I, I feel like I play a tighter game with someone that's a similar size to me. But with people who are smaller, I, I don't know. I mean, first off, training is training, and you're supposed to take risks in training. And so so taking those risks with someone smaller and not, not uh, you know, I'm not going to do neon belly on somebody who's 60, 70 pounds smaller than me. I'm not... Well, and you're more in control of the positions you're going to get into. If you're much bigger and you're more experienced than the other person, you're going to, you know, again, it's going to be up to you. That's like what I kind of what I was saying about people who are much bigger when they're newer and they're just like they're, if they get to side control, you know, and they just want to hold it, they can hold it. Sure. If they don't do anything, it's really hard for me to get out. I'm not getting submitted necessarily. They're not advancing their position Neither am I, but you know, at that point it's, it is on me to escape, but it's also on them to, you know, to attack. And that's when I'm going to try to use timing to beat them and escape. So if their goal is to just hold me inside control, 
they're probably going to succeed. But my goal is not going to be, you know, my goal is going to be this guy's 60 pounds heavier than me. I'm not going to get submitted. We're essentially both going to succeed, but that's not fun. Yeah. But it's necessary. Yeah, correct. And, and I said something there that was a complete lie just a second ago because I do get un- neon belly on people who are smaller. He but gets me. Yeah. I, but I just don't, I don't kill, you know, I'm, I can control my weight on neon belly and be lighter and, and do that. And we were talking earlier because you were saying, yeah, well, you know, I was practicing, I'm saying practicing neon belly and you're saying, well, it's kind of a dick move, right? Neon the way belly. you do it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, no, but neon belly is not a dick move. I mean, especially no. again, it's a, it's a dick move if person's 70 pounds smaller than you and you're you know doing the old school neon belly where you're pulling up on the pants and the lapel you know trying to put as much weight as you want but if you're transitioning if you're giving that neon belly because you know usually whenever i get into it is whenever somebody's doing a nice job of keeping their elbows in and kind of pushing you up or down yeah out you know trying to escape so then boom neon belly get control move around i go there a lot it's never like the first position i try to go to it's usually i'm Usually I'm forced to move and that's where the next like place I can go is. And then I try to transition back. <coughs> so it's, it is a place I'll go to sometimes. Cause I was working on that like far side arm bar for a long time. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that helps a lot with footwork and stuff. Cause you got to slide up, step around and, you know, keep tight the entire time. So I think that is a, uh, probably a good technique to do if you're working on footwork in the neon belly area but um you know i i don't go there all the time but i do get forced there and mm-hmm. if people are escaping the side control it's i'm they i don't know that's you either have to go one way or the other and you're gonna escape so or i could just get put right back in your clothes guard so most times i kind of pop up to neon belly yeah yeah um it's usually a losing battle <laughs> <laughs> i'll tell you it's tough we did that in a positional sparring last night and it's it's really, it's really tough. I mean, that maintaining position, it really showed a, a weak spot in my game to where something I, I have to address and I have to practice. Um, but I want to go back to that, that far arm, uh, doing the far arm, um, arm bar, mm-hmm. right? Damien Maya, I watched on YouTube last night. Damien Is he Ma- the one who's going to fight Ben Askren? Yes, that's okay. correct. Right. I saw, I saw, I saw yeah. that. Okay. Yeah, for the people who like striking, probably going to be the most boring fight that they've ever seen. For us, going to be a great fight. That's the only fight I'll be watching the rest of the year. Place on the ground. Um, But Damian Maya was showing that that same far side armbar in a nice detail um, about that. Uh, We were doing it from neon belly, that far side from neon belly, but he was actually doing it from side control. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was really cool. So I recommend, maybe I'll, maybe I'll post that on, on the, uh, what was the detail. The detail was whenever he grabbed the forearm, because if you're, if you're on the, the, your training partner's right side inside control and he, the, they have their arm beside your head on the bottom side, not on the top side framing, he grabbed the elbow. And whenever he grabbed the elbow, he, he pulled his elbow in and on their stomach and basically put his elbow at an angle up toward their pec. And then whenever he was, he was moving around for the arm bar, 
he stuck his head while keeping the arm there in at the at the navel the belly button level to go around and um uh, and do it from like to tripod up and turn around to get the arm bar on the far side it was really cool post it and he was really good you at can, it. you explain things in the most confusing way really you yeah didn't get, you didn't visualize that? i kind of did but like if you say like you're on side control and you're on the right side people are always on the same side like they're not always on the some people nah. aren't some people pass it to the left one person does it's ryan <laughs> true <laughs> true <laughs> yeah mm. yeah but so i don't know what my point was behind that other than you said the far side arm bar and i was really excited about that youtube video yeah just post and it, post we it. both had a lot of coffee this morning yeah that's true it's necessary <laughs> um what what were you talking about Training with someone smaller and weaker. That's right. Yeah. Which is, I don't know. It doesn't happen very often. Yeah. I don't have a whole lot to uh, add to that one. I mean, I have noticed I'm not good at controlling my weight because I never pay attention to it. Oh. So training. Oh, yeah. So when I do train with somebody and I am trying to keep my weight off, like I have to think about that a lot, which I never do usually. I just kind of don't care because I'm, you know. Well, you don't have to, right? Yeah. I, I, like me, I'm I'm good at controlling my weight because yeah. I have to. I'm always rolling and training. That was one thing I was, I noticed when training with Molly is I was not really able to, like I had to really try not to like, because she had a rib injury along her back and I was having a hard time staying off of it. So then when like we were going to roll, I was like, you need to grab some of the bigger people. I was like, grab like Jeremiah, because he's going to know how not to crush you, because I'm just going to, like, I, I accidentally, like, I don't have a lot of weight behind it, but it's, I don't pay attention to it Your the same way. crushing. It's, yeah, well, you said it. So, I just don't pay attention to it the way that I probably should, but it's not really necessary when people are usually 30 or 40 pounds heavier than I am. The attention you pay to it is trying to be heavier. Much heavier. Yeah. <laughs> right. That's like, the attention you pay yeah, to it. I'm always it's not that you don't pay attention to it. Yeah. Okay. It's just not in the reverse direction. So it was just something I noticed where I'm like, yeah, I don't know really how to do this and not drop the weight. Like a neon belly I can, cause I, you just slide all the way across sure. and keep all the weight on the floor. But there's a lot of positions and things that I will do where I'm, I've spent so much time focusing on shoulders and stuff and making sure they're pushing and trying to be heavier than I am. Yeah. No, that kind of goes back work. to the other people too, where like you'll be getting stacked by somebody if they're newer they may have a hundred pounds on you but it doesn't really matter and then you can stack by somebody who knows what they're doing and they could be 10 pounds more and it feels like there's a car on your face you know yeah yeah and i think your perspective is going to be more valuable to michael than mine because i i i think he's a, maybe five pounds heavier than you or so i think he trains a lot of no gi you know i use the gi he trains both okay yeah no he trains both because i've noticed in no gi because i don't do it a lot I got nothing. Like I use those, I use those lapels in a lot of places to either multiply like breaking posture around the back and, you know, that's mainly it, I guess, you know, but yeah. I feel like I, that gives me a 
big like gripping advantage that I've spent a lot of time working on. When I'm in Nogi and I'm just trying to like hold on to the back of somebody's head, they just sit up. There's I'm not good at that. Yeah. That bigger people feel much bigger. I can slip out of stuff, I guess, easier. Sure. Yeah, of course. That's Nogi. Eh, but yeah, that's I guess maybe the gi helps. The the experience with it, I think, is multiplied when you when you're working against bigger people. If they don't know how to use the gear, especially if they don't know what's dangerous with it, like if they're brand new. Sure. That that can negate a lot of the size also. Yep. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, Philly, anything else before we take leave and, and fly off to Maine? I don't know. I'm just looking forward to it. We're going to have a lot coming up here in the next week. going to be a busy week. A lot of jiu-jitsu. If I, if I don't get twice as good, I'm going to be pissed. Yeah, well, okay. Yeah, I, mean, I think that's fair. Twice as good or I'm pissed. I mean, maybe 2% better is probably what I'm shooting for. Okay. 2%. I'll take it. 2%. It's better than 1%. It's true. Bam. Twice as good. Twice as That's good. That's what I was after. <laughs> I think you found the shortcut. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, we're looking forward to it. Uh, and uh, going to see our jujitsu mother and father, James it's and Jake Klanerman. They're at the Master Worlds this week. Congratulations to all those that competed. And especially uh, uh, Kim Rice, Masters uh, champ in 100 kilogram. I think I saw belt. Chris Luter one, right? Chris Luter, Masters champ, uh, brown belt. Um, Did was, Bagels go? Bagels went. Bagels I got didn't... to the quarterfinals and uh, lost, I think, by two in the quarterfinals. So the round of eight. Okay. Um, uh, but he won his first two matches. Um I saw CJ look like he won one or... He won his first two matches, I believe, and okay. then lost his third four to two and... and Did you see if Caitlin had gone? Caitlin hasn't gone yet. So okay. our teammate, um, Roland Parker, he's going to be going Thursday evening, uh, which whenever this comes out, he'll have already gone. But um, yeah, we'll watch him. It's Thursday evening. I think it was 525 or... Or eight twenty. I can't remember. He texted me. Okay. Uh, but good luck to all of them. Uh, and, and you know, I've said Trevor Burns is out there. He's doing the blue belt division. Uh, a lot of people out there. And and good luck to all of them. They've made a trip. Eric Eric Bennett. He's out there. Um, but they made the trip. Good luck to all of them. And uh, and just for getting out there and competing their winners. That's you know that's a it's a big stage in Las Vegas. It's a big tournament. There's a lot of really good people there. It's um, something at some point, hopefully you and I will do at some point, but I'm not, it's not that interesting to me right now. However, it might be some point, but, but congratulations to all those folks, even the ones who didn't win, they, they got out there and competed um, and support to them. And so speaking of support, Philly, bjjcampaignpodcast.com, t-shirts, patches, and there's a combo pack. What's the combo pack? The combo pack is a patch and a t-shirt. Selling like fire. Yeah. So while supplies last, they're, you know, very limited. Um, can't make any more shirts. That was a one-time thing. They don't make those anymore. And uh, yeah, so on the, on the website, uh, bjjcampaignpodcast.com. Facebook.com has a group that you can find. Facebook.com slash BJJ Campaign Podcast that has a bunch of memes, supplement ideas, uh, a video that will be much more clear than Jeff's explanation, and more. Um, 
all at the uh, Facebook group. Again, if you're having to send a request, that was because when we set it up, it was private. You should be able to get right in. Um, I'm trying to add people when I see they do send a request, so that way I can invite them. Um, if you have any troubles, just message me or Jeff, and we'll get you in. Yeah, and, and invite people to the uh, the group. It's yeah, it's a fun group. We're getting a lot of um, a lot of interaction on there. Uh, not as much as jujitsu, thankfully. That group, but try to keep it a little more normal. Yeah, yeah, whatever. We'll take whatever we can get, Phil. <laughs> uh, but uh, but yeah, if you're not out there doing something each and every day to make yourself better, get out there and do it. Phil and I choose jujitsu. We hope you do too. I'm about to feed them to the sharks right now. Get them hyped right now. Yeah. You know the ground is our Yeah. Everybody that trains, you know the game. Yeah. So let's get it. Uh. Slap it up, bump it and roll. Hey. Yeah, that's the way that it go. Ain't no better way to better yourself in this game. You're feeling the growth. That's time on the mat. We put in the work. Believe it ain't easy, I know. You know. But we train for the love of the game, the love of the art. Now slap it up, bump it, let's roll. Let's roll.